Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Naturally Nino podcast. I am so excited um, to share my guests with you guys today. Um, so today, I am going to be talking to doctors Samantha Gelman and Adeline Badjar. Um, they are two resident physicians who are currently specializing in internal medicine and family medicine. Um, these two physicians are outgo- have outgoing personalities, and because of that, they decided to create their own podcast known as The Secret Scope. This podcast encompasses beauty, health, and wellness from a physician's perspective. They have further developed into the industry with their own blogs and plan to continue expanding within their brand in the future. Um, so I actually recorded a podcast uh, with them, I think in December, on their podcast, and now I decided to bring them on to mine. Um, do you guys want to say hi? Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having both of us on your podcast. We're so excited. Well, I'm excited too, because after we've recorded the podcast on your um, on your end, um, I was super inspired to finally start my own, which I have been thinking about forever. But like the energy that I had after recording with you guys really inspired me. So that's why I'm like so excited to be doing this again with you guys um, on here. <laughs> That's, so nice. That's one of our goals is to inspire others to start their own podcast or brand or blog, whatever, like whatever they desire or have that voice in their head to do. We want them to actually go ahead and do it. Very true. And even when you were on our um, podcast, we spoke about it. Like we spoke about developing your YouTube and all of that because you obviously also love to talk and. So we thought, what better way than to have you out there and being more outgoing? So we share all of that all the time with all our listeners and also with other people that we collaborate with. Yeah, and I love that. And I think that's like the beauty about like this being like, I guess, having all these tools um, that we're able to use to really connect with each other and help each other and um, I love listening to your podcast, too. I think you bring on some awesome people as well. And it's just, it's cool when you also know the people that you're speaking to. (laughs) Yeah. It makes it more relatable for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also nice to like meet someone who you don't know and then build a relationship because we actually have met so many people who were guests on our show and now it's like there are, we know them. them. (laughs) Yeah. It's like we're friends with them. We we, uh, like message each other on Instagram and stuff. It's like we actually know them in real life now. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, really true, because you don't really know how or what it's going to be like until you start having that conversation with those people. And then you're like, wait a second, we have so much in common. I think we need to be friends. Yeah, for sure. And when we speak on like episodes and stuff, even like when we're trying to give something for our listeners, as we're talking, you know, some people will get nervous because it's their first time on a podcast or whatever. We basically Mm -hmm. tell them this is like we're meeting for the first time and are having a conversation for the first time. So (laughs) first date. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) But yeah, I no, I I definitely agree with you. I mean, this is only my 10th episode. Um, So obviously, I still have a long curve, a a long learning curve, I should say. And you guys, how many episodes do you have already? A lot. Yeah, we're on 44. 44. Yeah. Wow, I can't. That's and crazy. when wait, and when did you start? 
Uh, we actually started next week is going to be, I want to say, like our one year anniversary of us putting out our brand. And then in June is going to be when we first released our first episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, that first that's episode, amazing. that was SPF too. So that's one of our favorite episodes. We put a lot of effort into that. That was our first baby. Episode. <laughs> yeah. And we love SPF. So it's only fitting that that was our first episode. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, what it, I mean, the one thing I really wanted to ask you guys was um, to kind of give your a little bit of a background about each of you and like what kind of inspired you to become a doctor and then obviously what when did you guys have the idea to even come together and start a podcast like how did you realize you had that same interest to really get out there and do this I think I'll probably go first on this subject (laughs) um for me obviously like I think it's for anyone of our background every parent kind of pushes you in some way or another to become go into medicine or whatever. So it's been mentioned, thrown around in my family when I was younger. But I think it wasn't until about high school that I myself was like, hey, I want to do something with medicine. Uh, My high school was very psych oriented. So everything was psychology based. So that's why I went into college thinking I'm going to do something with psych. Um, but I always knew I wanted to go into medicine. The whole thing was either, was I going to go to a U.S. med school or an international medical school? And that's something that we are now trying to like develop further with our brand to like discuss about international medical school, because we both just mm-hmm. went that path. We didn't even try to get into a school in the States, but yeah, I always mm-hmm. knew I wanted to do medicine. And then in terms of how we decided to do the podcast, That came like, so me and Adeline have known each other since we were in, I don't know, I want to say high school, early high school. Yeah. Like before high school, 14, 13, 14 years old, 14, so maybe eighth grade, freshman year of high school. And, um, we were always friends. And basically when the time came, when we both went away from med school, we were both in AOA together. So when we came back, I think she was very big on listening to the skinny confidential. She was like obsessed with her. So she got me. I love that one. Yeah. So she got me on to listening and we were just sitting around listening to her. And then something clicked in my head like, yo, we could do something with this. I was like, since we like to talk, I don't think any of these people really say anything as as physicians do. And most of the medical podcasts are all like strictly for other doctors. They're not for mm-hmm. other human beings. So we were like, oh, we could, this is a realm we could fit into and probably do something. Adeline, okay. you want to yeah. about your experience real quick? Yeah. I mean, I have the same thing with growing up. Your parents want you to either be a lawyer, a doctor, engineer. (laughs) And I actually was going to school for pharmacy first, but then I realized that I didn't like that. It wasn't for me. I needed more action because like Samantha, I always wanted to do something in medicine. So Samantha was actually a year ahead of me in medical school. So she kind of was like, also like my inspiration to go and like she pushed <laughs> me you know like she had my back to and she guided me through it so I'm very grateful for that and for her doing that and yeah like what she said uh. with the podcast <laughs> oh what she said <laughs> yes yeah, Samantha you're gonna hear that once <laughs> never again maybe on my wedding night <laughs> uh-huh. uh and then with the podcast thing I just feel like I, Samantha and I love to always talk and share stuff. And our main uh, 
thing behind our brand is that we like to share secret tips and we want to share all the secrets in beauty, health and wellness, which is stuff that we love and what people might not speak about or don't want to share with others. We want everyone to know about it. So that was the whole idea behind our like name and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, I think that sums it up perfectly. No, yeah, I think that is perfect. Um, and I think it gives like the listeners a little bit of an idea of like your backgrounds and like kind of where you guys come from. And also, I know we mentioned it on your podcast, but for those listening here, um, Sam and I knew each other through mutual friends. I think maybe in college we met or something like that maybe high school. I, I, I think can't remember. Might have, it was high school. It was also around. I mean, it might have been high school because I feel yeah. like I've known you forever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, also um, yeah, also high school. And then Adeline, I met when we um, decided to do the podcast together. But then we realized that we actually grew up in the same neighborhood, which was funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a small world. And then I was living in Denver also when we recorded, but now I'm back on the East Coast, but I'm in Philly. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah, I'm like yeah, constantly yeah, moving. It's okay. It's good. Yeah. It's good to be around. <laughs> Well, we just realized that we miss our family and then we're like, well, we're starting a family also. And it's like, it's a little too far. So, but I do miss Colorado. The weather was so beautiful there. I feel but, you. um, but you, Sam, you're still in California, right? Uh, yeah, probably for another year or so, unless I do fellowship, then we'll see where I end up. But if not, I'll probably head back to New York for the same reason. Cause I want to start a family, settle down and be closer to my family. Yeah, it makes life so much easier. And Adeline, you're in New York right now. Yes. Yeah. What have, um, I guess, being in the health field on the front line, what has it been like for you guys right now with everything that's been going on with like the virus and everything? So I started residency in July. Uh, so this question is better for Samantha. I, but you're going to start seeing COVID patients. Yeah, yeah. But I have- How do you no, feel about no- that? I mean, I feel scared, nervous, excited because, you know, that's what you feel when you start residency. Right. But add a sprinkle a little bit of corona on it and you don't know what to <laughs> expect now. So And are are they still letting you start cuz I heard that also some residents were kind of not allowed to, right? Or no? I mean, I don't know because I haven't really spoken to anyone else who's starting about that, but I know I'm starting, so <laughs> that's... Uh, I heard some were actually told to come in earlier to start. It, it's more so because in New York, oh, really? there aren't enough doctors taking care of people, but in other places, it's really not as much of an issue. Right. Oh, what about you, Sam, on your end? So on my end, I uh, so I'm in California, so obviously space is on our side here. But there are definitely still creeping up cases. I think we're up to, what, 75,000, maybe a little more now in comparison to what's in New York, which is like close to 400,000. But now the new, the new cases are going down. So my hospital in particular has a rule that we're not seeing COVID patients directly. Um, I think that's more so of a liability thing. And because we're not so impacted at um, – the facilities that I work for that we don't need us really yet to be seeing them. But then on the other spectrum, 
you're still like, I have to wear a face mask. I have to wear a surgical mask and a 95, all these things. So when I walk through the hospital, even if you're doing an ED shift, there are patients that are coming in that are supposedly not COVID and then they come in and you take care of them and then they turn out to be COVID. So there's not, we're not seeing the ones that we know are positive, but like new patients, mm-hmm. they could be and could not. So you're kind of in the same boat as everyone else. It's crazy. crazy. It's a crazy time. It's just very weird. I get from one standpoint, they want to protect us. I'm totally for that. But and then from the other standpoint, it's this virus that none of us know how to deal with, not even even the people who are above us. So it makes things a little bit complicated. It's kind of like a free for all right now in the hospitals. Wow. Yeah, I feel like um, it's interesting because I feel like there's so many mixed views as to about the virus and like how serious is it or not serious or what's the right method and what's not the right method. Um, I was curious to see like, what's what, like, what do you guys personally think about it all? Um, In terms of what do you mean? Like um, the severity, I guess. And like, what is the right protocol? Well, I think at first when everything started, no one really understood it. So they, I guess it wasn't like planned for exactly. So it wasn't taken as seriously because they didn't know what was going on. They were comparing it to the normal flu. And then when they saw the number of cases go up and how many people were actually getting sick and dying from it, I think that's when it started to like sink in and it was understood that this is serious and we should take action and protect ourselves, protect others, uh, self-isolate, like stay in, don't go out unless you really need to. So that's my take on it. Also, I think from the severity standpoint that Adeline and well, that Adeline kind Mm -hmm. of alluded to. So Obviously, there are some people who are going to say that, oh, it's nothing because it really doesn't affect everyone like a serious illness or condition. So obviously, the ones who are at risk are elderly people or people with risk factors. Sorry, I don't know if I can hear my dog. I was going to say, I don't have a dog. (laughs) I'm paying enough attention for your dog. And my dog is not here. So definitely not the case. Um, so yeah, so basically it just depends on your age group, what risk factors you have. <laughs> Let's say you have obesity or diabetes or heart disease, you're more likely to have a severe illness if you get Corona versus someone else who's completely healthy and young is going to get coronavirus and they're going to handle it like a regular cold or some people right. will handle it like a regular flu. So I think because it's such a spectrum of different symptoms, a lot of people are confused about how to react to it because people are continuously affected differently by it. It's not like, oh, this is a common cold. So I know I'm just going to cough a little, have some sniffles and it'll go away. It could be anything from literally, oh, I have a little bit of soreness or my stomach hurts to a cold, to the flu, to I'm dying. <laughs> like, it's a big spectrum. right. It's 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 like you really don't know what's going to happen to a person. You really don't know. What pisses me off though are these freaking conspiracy Tell theories. Me. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I'm a conspiracy theorist myself. But I literally got a text the other day. Is this even real? Like wow. you obviously know people are dying. <laughs> so it's obviously well, real. No, it's yeah, yeah. I'm on like that border. I mean, here's like 
it's definitely real, right? Obviously it's real. It's people are dying. People are suffering. And there are certain populations that are going to be 10 times more at risk. Now, how did it really start? None, I don't think any of us really know how it started. I agree with that, with that part of the conspiracy theory. I agree with that. <laughs> and, and, and then the other question is like, how do we even find out? Like, you know, there's so many. We're never no, gonna. And I don't no. think we ever will, even if they tell us something. I I don't know how you can believe it or not believe it. You just have to take it. It is what it is and just move on and try to stay positive and know that there will be a day when everything will be back to normal, but we do have a new normal. Right. I agree with that. That's well said. I think that that thinking about this whole situation, like looking back at who started this, this, that pointing fingers isn't going to change the fact of what we're already in. Yeah, we could point fingers to say, let's not do this again, but let's get through this part first. And then we could worry about how we're going to avoid it in the future. Exactly. Right, right. No, yeah, I completely hear what you're saying. And I, I mean, it's it's hard, right? Because it's like not, nothing like this has ever happened before. So it's a lot of trial and error, too, because... The, no one knew what to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are some things that they could look at, like the 1918, every hundred years, there's some sort of pandemic. They could have looked at that. But I think maybe because the structure was, oh, we have tech and we have this and we have that, that we're probably going to be smarter and immune for these things not to happen. But the reality of it is we're not. And history is always going to repeat itself, no matter how advanced we are in our AI or our tech industry, et cetera. So then I'm curious, do you do you guys think that a vaccine will save us? I think that a vaccine will definitely cause like I don't want to say that it will save us because we don't know, but just like the flu vaccine covers certain amount of strains and protects you from the flu of those strains um that the vaccine is made of, I feel like that will work with the um with the vaccine yeah yeah so that part i uh, that'll help the vaccine will definitely help obviously staying clean will help like you just you have to do everything in order to prevent stuff it's not like oh i'm just gonna hand sanitize not vaccinate myself not social distance and hope for the best it has to be all of that so you have to wash your hands frequently make sure everything's clean you have to get the vaccine when it's available given that it's going to be effective even if it's just for one of the seasonal strains and then you're going to have to social distance etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah i'm on i'm kind of on it that's why i was curious to how because it's a bit of a controversial topic when it comes to vaccines yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> um for sure. and so I've been, you know, kind of researching a lot of different things and just seeing the fact of like some of the ingredients that they put into vaccines, um, you know, it's the, obviously there's been a lot of conversation around that. And so personally, I'm kind of like thinking like, well, you know, because recently I think they lost the major lawsuit that has never happened before. Uh, because they weren't able to prove that some of the ingredients that are in the vaccines that everybody's getting nowadays um, are actually safe because they do put a lot of toxins into them, you know? So I wonder sometimes if 
the stuff that they put into them. It's like, yeah, they put the stuff that's going to help you, but then they also put a lot of stuff that could be very damaging to the body. And, you know, I do think that our population is a lot weaker than it used to be. So I was curious to hear your guys' point of view on that. Well, obviously, we're doctors, so we're obviously going to believe in vaccines. So I want to I want to just <laughs> I want to just state that um, it's part of our whole thing. It's part of our whole existence. Right. If we never had a measles vaccine, a bunch of kids would be dead right now. That's the reality of it is like there's a lot of moms walking around. No offense that don't want to va- vaccinate their kids. And it's OK for them to do that now because all of us are vaccinated. So we can't infect because we have herd immunity, which eventually with coronavirus will happen when 80 percent of us have had a coronavirus or were infected by it. But then if you look at the other standpoint, if none of us were vaccinated and we're just all walking around living our best lives, going to daycare centers and all of that, half of us wouldn't be here right now, wouldn't be alive. Just want to right. out there and people could argue with me to the death. But I know how to read a research paper, and a lot of these people, unfortunately, don't. So we could argue about this all day. Agreed. And I just took a, uh, I just took an online course where it was about viruses, vaccines, and all of those ingredients. The the um, that people say are harmful. There's a certain amount of how much you can actually have in your body that is safe. So the fact that people just hear that word, formaldehyde, yeah. Like as soon as someone hears formaldehyde, but there's so many women out there who are using, let's say, beauty products and nail hardeners with formaldehyde. Why are you using that? The same ones who are telling you not to vaccinate their kids, by the way. The same ones that are eating certain foods that have certain ingredients that are in vaccines, uh, how about they definitely are smoking? What about that? You know, there's so many factors. Nobody is perfect. And we've seen the vaccines work. So, and you know, like everything that Samantha said, we've seen it. We've learned about it in school. There's research papers that can be read that she's right. Some people don't know how to read. So I guess this is like a touchy subject. But um, it is a touchy subject, 100%. I mean, I don't know if it's about people not being able to read. I, I think there's a lot of different research studies that exist. Right. Um, and I think like, for, for example, right, you take Robert F. Kennedy uh, Jr., who is very big on, you know, trying to fight for the safety of vaccines. It's not about saying that all vaccines are bad, right? <laughs> it's more about like, well, why don't we develop safe vaccines? Right. So a lot of these ingredients that we talk about that are bad that she was saying that are in literally minuscule amounts, by the way. So they don't ever reach like a steady state in your body. Yeah, they're in your blood. But so are a lot of things we drink from. Did you have a smart water today? I drink from smart water. It's a plastic. Supposedly plastic is bad for you now. We're not supposed to do that. That causes cancer. You know what else causes cancer? SPF has carcinogens in it, but we still use it, right, to protect ourselves from getting skin cancer. So a little of these things are obviously going to go in because, like, they have to, in order to make the vaccine, number one, last, in order for it to not expire or whatever, they need to put some of these things in order for it to stay valuable so you could actually, viable to use it. And so, so I work think on the virus. Right. So that's so that's why you need that. 
So also a lot of those things will prevent other bacteria from, God forbid, getting into the vaccine. So you could give it to someone safely. So that's also the other logic behind it. I understand mm-hmm. what everyone is saying, like, oh, there are ingredients that are bad. But some of those ingredients just have to be in there. And we haven't found, unfortunately, a better way to do it. If, like, let's say we could everything can be a plant-based diet, it would be great, right? But right. unfortunately, we can't do that in reality of things. And also, just like even even with that, a full plant-based diet, you're not getting all the nutrients that you need and you need supplements. The supplements that we make are not necessarily 100% amazing ingredients. There's going to be some good ingredients and some shitty ones. It's just the reality of how it goes. So I think we everything that we do in medicine is kind of like a double-edged sword. But if right. we could improve things more than 50% of the time with what we're doing, even with all the negative things that are in it, why wouldn't I do that? Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I hear that, you. That's where I'm saying it from. Because after yeah, all this I, whole measles movement, I, we had outbreaks in California of measles. We would have never had this problem again in 2020. We should not be having these issues. Well, we have other issues now. <laughs> yeah, well, now we have this corona pandemic. Which is, and there's, which a, there's always something. <laughs> which also, and this corona pandemic goes to show, <laughs> we sit and complain about all the things that are in the stuff that we're consuming, da 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 but we don't know how to wash our hands so we don't get a virus. Yeah. So we can't be complaining well, about yeah, that. I mean, doing that's diligence. a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah, the shit, fact that I don't we know need to tell people to wash their hands. Like, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. So there's a like lot everyone's of like, oh, I have to wash my hands all the time. And it's like, well, you didn't wash your hands before. <laughs> right. But if you think about it, who really washes their hands more than 10 seconds? Nobody. It's the Nobody. reality of it. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, there's so many different viewpoints, and I respect them all, obviously. Um, and then the day I feel like I just think it's important to be able to have these conversations, though, you know, yeah. and to respect each other's opinions. Um, and I think that's really where um, certain things are lost between, I think, doctors and patients. I think sometimes patients are scared to talk to their doctors about it because there's a lot of doctors that are not even willing to have that conversation and respect the patient's opinion as well. And I, I really, one of my missions is to really try and blur that line so that more patients are able to have those free conversations with their doctors and be able to come to their doctor and say, Hey, you know, I did read this research paper. What do you think about it? You know, and not have the doctor say, oh, uh, yeah, I heard of it. It, Whatever. Don't even think about it. But actually, you know, sit there and and spend a little bit more time with them and explain the, you know, I don't know, the pros and the cons, except for I know it's really hard now because obviously you're, you can only have like a certain amount of time with each patient. I'm aware of that too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they so. teach us all of this in school. We have like evidence-based medicine and stuff, how uh, the whole purpose of that is to go with clinical research with the patient's views and wants and what is out there that has actually worked and helped others from your experience. Right. Right. So yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, I think we everything that we do on a daily basis, we're a lot more social than other physicians. I think that's the new age of people in our age group that they're very social and they're relatable. And we're not just like that old school structure of doctors. So when I have patients come in 
and we want to talk about vaccines. Hell, we even have friends who some of them agree or don't disagree with the things that we're saying. So we actually, we've learned to just have that conversation, agree to disagree, but I'll Mm -hmm. explain to you why I think the way I think, or if you bring me a research paper, I'll go with you what it means. Like I'll go through everything. I have no problem doing that. And I think it's beneficial for both of us. I might learn something I don't know. Patient might learn something they don't know. But I think overall, if we talk about vaccines, I understand the concerns. They're valid concerns. But if we look at history and the things we were able to do, that trumps all of those concerns. It's right. same with the whole, the, this all started with this autism movement. And everyone brings up this one paper with the measles MMR vaccine. Mm-hmm. And- that that paper was debunked and we still quote that same paper that was literally debunked by research heavy evidence of research maybe three or four papers if not hundreds at this point that have said that this is not true because there's a lot of limitations like a lot of studies will say they have a thing oh this is significant this means that this happened but then you have to look at the methods of the study who they used as their control group. There's a lot of things that people don't How read. many were used? Yeah. How many people were used? Exactly. If, you, if you're not, a, even, I'm not a statistician, so I might not even know that, but a statistician or that's the basics that of, of the things that we have to learn. So that's what we know how to read it. And that's just kind of where that stems from, I think. But yeah, I agree that there needs to be like a equal balance of talking to people and understanding where they come from. And I try to do that in my entire existence. I feel like that's my whole life. <laughs> no, and, and I think that's like the reason I really wanted to bring you guys onto my podcast, because I do think that you guys are the new, um, you know, the, you're reshaping the kind of the image of doctors, right? And what society has always perceived where like, you know, whatever the doctor says, like, that's, that's like, they're very strict and very direct in their messaging. They're not very relatable to their patients where I feel like the newer doctors, like people our age, um, they have a different approach and it's more personable and it's nice. It's really, really nice. So like, for example, you guys are doctors, but then you have like this awesome, podcast that's all about like beauty and health and wellness and like just like awesome stuff yeah and I think that's inspiring yeah yeah you're making it personable like that you are also human and you also love to do all of these things that everyone else loves to do Mm -hmm. what do you guys um what we just want to save lives We want to wear nice makeup, cruelty-free products, but we also want to save some lives. Yeah, exactly. No, I I love your guys' uh, TikTok. (laughs) The TikToks you guys have been making recently, they have me cracking up so much. Completely different side to us. What? It's like a completely different side to us. Yeah, no, I love it. It's awesome. (laughs) do you think that has been helping with the stress and anxiety during this time for sure I I personally feel like the best medicine is laughter I know it sounds cheesy but if uh if you can watch something or someone that will brighten your mood then I'm a hundred percent for it and I feel like it's like what Samantha was saying it's a way to show that we are normal people yeah we have the title of being a doctor but we're actually really funny in real life and if it if we really wanted to we probably could have been comedians had our own Netflix (laughs) stand-up 
<laughs> we're <having laughs> on TV. So I feel like it's for us, it's natural. It's not like we're trying hard or anything. It's something that is fun and easy. And it's just like an added bonus to what we can do. Right. No, I definitely and think we can't that even it comes show naturally. It. We can't even show it completely because, like, obviously, we still kind of have to be professional and all of that. But <laughs> if you work with me in the hospital or Adelaide, oh, my God. I'm the same person <laughs> I was in fifth grade as a class clown as I am now. Even some of my patients. But they love it. When you got to be serious, you got to be serious. When you got to be happy, you got to be happy. It is what it is. Exactly. We know when it's time to be serious and when it's not. So no one come at us. <laughs> <laughs> no i i agree with you guys i think laughter is the best medicine it just puts you into a completely different state um but what would you guys say i guess um to those people who are really struggling during this time and let's say you know from your expertise like going through maybe depression right now or dealing with anxiety because there are some people who are going through a really, really hard time, especially if they've lost their jobs. And let's, let's say it's a mother, right, that lost her job and she has like three kids to feed or four kids to feed and she can't, you know, um, and really living in that fear mindset and not knowing what to do. I guess, you know, what would you say to someone like that? Um, you want to go or I should go? Go I and think we both have something to I add. Have to, yeah, so you go first. I think that... Uh, a lot of people need to understand that they're not alone in certain things that they go through. I think that a lot of people are suffering right now. And in general, even before this pandemic, a lot of people are suffering, especially around the whole mental health thing. Some of us suffer from things like that. I think the issue is that people don't talk about the issues that go on. So I think that's the major problem. I think if we all made it like an exclusive environment, like it's okay to be depressed sometimes. It's okay to have anxiety. It's okay for, to suffer from mental illness or to go through hard times financially, emotionally, whatever it may be. I think if that was portrayed, then more people would be okay about talking about it. And I think people would be better off in the long run. I agree with that. Yeah. There's there's also I feel like I already want to share some secret tips about stuff like yes, I, said, I personally feel that if you yourself are feeling anxious or depressed, try to figure out what is causing that those emotions to come about because I know for example I have felt anxiety through all of this and I know that my anxiety starts when I start reading everything on social media and reading these articles that have these titles that say oh it's never going to be the same and I stay up at night and it causes me to have anxiety. So what I've done is I literally limit myself on social media when it comes to those things. As soon as I see someone posting articles about Corona, I I keep scrolling. I don't stop. I don't read them because you don't know what's true. You don't know what's not true. And obviously, I know depression, anxiety is also chemical imbalances um, in your hormones and stuff. But have have someone that you can speak to and reach out and talk to. Uh, and if you see that one of your family members or friends are not feeling the same or they're acting a little different, reach out to them in a nice way and try to see if anything is going on, if anything is bothering them. And just help. I think it's a time that we have to be there for each other. And also with the fact that you were saying how if someone lost their job, Uh, I know, for example, Mm -hmm. you could apply for unemployment, 
a lot of people have been doing that. Uh, and also people underestimate this, but there's so much stuff in your house, like clothes, books, uh, electronics that you can literally sell on all these apps like Poshmark, eBay. Like during this whole pandemic, I've sold a couple of things that have been sitting on these websites. And I mean, we all need money, but you know, like it, yeah. it's it's something that you can easily do. And I feel like that's something that is so easy. Uh, that's actually great advice. Yeah, when when it comes to money. And another thing, you can always Google how to make money from home and you will find so many articles. You can uh, become a scribe for certain companies. Uh, there's there's a lot of online jobs that people... Yeah, you could do surveys. Yeah, you can do surveys mm-hmm. that will pay you. There's a lot of people who have been working from home before this pandemic and they've found ways to make money. So... Like, for example, I saw a girl who was a health uh, fitness, uh, she's like a trainer or something, and she Mm -hmm. made her own, let's say, PDF of what she eats, what she works out, and she started selling them for like, I want to say $20 or $30, and people were actually buying it because I was reading through the comments. So you just have to put your mind and what you love to do to use during this time and figure out what works best. Yeah, I get that there's some people that won't be able to even have like those outlets. I'm sure there, there are a few people who like don't have internet or computers. Right. Yeah. But there, like, there's still resources out there. You know what I mean? There's shelters. Yeah. There, are, there are social workers. There are people who will help you either find a place or help you with a job. I think there's always an option. And you just have to be really eager to get it. I know it's harder for some people who have families and they're the only ones taking care of them. But I think that in this situation with the pandemic, you can also find ways to make like your next plan. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are making business plans. Shit, I'm one of them. <laughs> Same. So, so I think like there's an option. Yeah, some things will fail and some won't. But that just goes to what life is and gives you stronger right. skin. That's a good thing you said. Uh, some things are uh, could fail. That's something that people have to understand they can't be afraid to start or try something because they think they're going to fail. Who knows if you're going to fail or not? If you fail, it's yeah. okay. You'll it's think okay. of something else. Again. Yeah. You know? There's no success without failure. I've been depressed about some things with Adeline recently. <laughs> I'm just like, no, just keep doing it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, well, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you have to try things to know if, it, you know, if it'll work or not yes just thinking about it isn't gonna do anything something come easy and some things take time and we all want instant gratification and sometimes when we don't get it sometimes we get it and for the next move we want to get it again the same way and it just doesn't work so we stop but don't stop is my normal to get deterred we even we do so it's just it's the way life goes right I think I always go resort to when I start to get like anxious or I start to um, have negative thoughts. I start to think about like, wait, why am I having these thoughts? And then I like to always tell myself, wait, this is like, why am I even feeling this way? This isn't going to affect my entire physical health and emotional health for no reason when all of this is just temporary. And then when I start to tell myself and remind myself that 
if I'm like during a bad time that it's all temporary, then I start to feel a lot better and calmer. I I think that's a great point because even if you sit right now and you're listening to this and you think of the last time that you were upset at something, that you had anxiety over something, or if you were depressed about something, think of you right now. You got through it. So you will get through it the next time again. You just have to uh, have the, uh, like, how do I say this? The resilience, the strength. (laughs) You just have to to be prepared for the next time. And like you said, tell yourself that you're going to get through it. Yeah. I think also social media doesn't help that case. I mean, we also, like, none of us portray our worst lives on social media, whether it's my (laughs) personal account or a brand. Maybe we should. I don't know. I mean, I'm like starting to, I, so I'm finally starting to make my YouTube videos that I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I posted my first recipe video today. We saw, we saw. <laughs> 19 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was trying to make it shorter so that it's easier to digest. But um, I, and then I recorded a vlog and I was like, I got to start vlogging because something that has helped me when I was um, going through a really low point was like following certain people on YouTube in particular um, that would share and be really vulnerable about the struggles and the pains that they've went through. And I realized I was like, well, how can I, how, like, what more can I do to really help people? Right. And including this podcast, but um, how do I really connect with people and make them see that, you know, we are all human. We all go through low points, but it's, what makes the difference is choosing to say, okay, this was a low point. Now what? Right. Not letting it take over your entire story though. Exactly. And I think that depends also on underlying issues. Like people do a lot of people, there's a fine line between being in a depressed mood and have being clinically depressed. And I think a lot of the times people also will like be like, Oh, well, just make yourself feel happier or do this and do that. And yeah, that works for us, right? Because I don't have a diagnosis of depression. I've never suffered with that. And I think we have to be more open to the people who actually also have these diagnoses like that, bipolar, schizophrenia, et cetera, because I have a lot of patients like that who come through and dealing with them is a little bit different because at the end of the day, they, they can't do that for themselves. So that's what we are there for. I'm not a psychiatrist, not by all means, but even as a primary care doctor in the clinic, you see these patients before you send them to their psychiatrist, you make, you make that determination of where they got to go. So I think that's also the other aspect that we need to be really cognizant of. On a lighter note. (laughs) Uh, Something on a more lighter note. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of um, sense. Yeah, I, I've also been um, looking into like, I think meditation is great during this time as well. And like getting more exercise and just like, getting yourself active just so that you can have that better, um, you know, more clarity, I guess. Stress is the root of all problems. A lot of diseases, everything is worsened by stress. Yeah, you might have cancer with or without the stress, but the stress definitely won't make it any better. Uh, whether you believe in that kind of medicine or not is doesn't change that fact. But I think like what you're saying, yoga, meditating, having time for yourself, doing things that you enjoy, all those things help eliminate stress. 
which will help control all your other problems in your life or open new pathways in your life. <laughs> wow, that was beautiful. Wow. That was a really beautifully said. <laughs> Deep shit right there. <laughs> so what are um do you guys want to share before we end any secrets um to how you guys stay healthy? Adeline's a secret tip master, so I'm going to let her take over that. <laughs> uh, how I stay healthy. Uh, so I've been doing Melissa Wood Health, her exercises, which I'm obsessed with. I don't know why I haven't found her before. Uh, so I would recommend her uh, or whatever exercise you like to do. If you like to run, uh, bike, do that. Uh, in terms of food, I've obviously had my ups and downs. <laughs> I've obviously snacked a couple of times. <laughs> Sometimes we need that too. That's yeah, also- yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's normal. It happens. Uh, I've been taking probiotics, uh, which I really, really think have helped me a lot with uh, my digestion, my skin. I'm taking the seed probiotics. Uh, I've been taking apple um, cider vinegar gummies and vitamins. And then what else? I've just been washing my hands, keeping social distancing happening when I go grocery shopping or whatnot. And yeah. That's good. That's awesome. I don't know. Do you want to add anything? (laughs) I could add some. Um, Exercising, yeah. I like to change my workouts. So I like to do something new all the time. Um, but I think that's important. It sets you up good for the day, especially if you have time to do it in the morning, depending on your schedule. What else? I'm staying hydrated. We talk about that all the time. That's nothing new. You've been laying out. Hydration I've definitely been laying out. I lay out before 10 a.m., sometimes with SPF, sometimes without. That's just because it's not as strong. of The sun isn't as strong. So I feel like I'm safe with that because I'm not the palest person on the planet. Um <laughs> Getting some vitamin D. Vitamin D is good. Um, Other stuff that I do, I I eat whatever I want basically, but I eat in moderation. So I try to keep more or less a healthy diet. But if I want a snack, I don't hold myself back because that avoids binging. Uh, And yeah, and I do new weird stuff like breast exams, but that's my own weird thing. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, that's important too. Yeah, don't smoke. Take care of yourself. If something's wrong with you, go get it checked out. Like today we have telemedicine. Like you could literally call a doctor in five minutes and have something. Yeah, I get it. You lose the part of like having them do a physical exam on you or whatever. But if you have a question, you could literally call them. Mm -hmm. Which is awesome. Which is a good thing. And then you don't have to like sit there waiting to like ask a question. And then if we need to really like if I need to look into your ear, then you come for your appointment or whatever it is. I right. think, yeah, I think, yeah, that's it. That's all I have to no, say. No, I think that, I think that was good. So um, do you guys have anything um, planned for the future? Any big plans aside from the podcast? Or are you guys just focusing really on, you know, continuing to build that? I think we're focusing on continuing to build the brand. I think we're also branching out just so, you know, physicians, residents don't make a lot of money. So we want to like probably do other things just to have a little more financial stability in general. Uh, but with the brand, yeah, the blog, maybe do some more writing, develop us in different platforms, YouTube, et cetera, see where that goes. Eventually, probably dabble into the product industry and see what we could do because 
I think we know science, so why not? But right. we're going to keep it a secret. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that would only be suiting. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes as time progresses. It takes a lot of work. Obviously, right now with the pandemic, you can't really go out and do stuff. But I think as we develop ourselves as a brand and people get to know us, they'll trust us more. And we could do more stuff with that. You want to add anything, Adeline? It's a secret. (laughs) (laughs) The mystery. (laughs) Yeah. Everything everything Samantha said. Um, Just basically... We're here to educate. We're here to share uh, what we love, what others, uh, what other people love, and just create a fun environment. Yeah, it's perfect. And I think you guys are doing a really great job. Yeah, at that. Thanks. We're trying. We want to be people's friends. (laughs) You owe me a soda. You owe me a Chanel (laughs) (laughs) bag. And where can uh, people find you? Um, You could do this. You're good at this. Okay, so you can find us on Apple, iTunes, on Spotify, any platform of podcasts that you listen to where the secret scope and we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook at the secret scope. And for our blog, we are www.thesecretscope.com. And I will make sure to link all of those. So thank you guys again for coming onto my podcast and recording this episode with me. I had a lot of fun and um, I think we touched a lot of topics. So I think it's going to be a fun episode to listen to. Likewise, we laughed. We got a little angry. We got a little happy again. <laughs> we, we we covered all the emotions. Yeah, that's literally our daily emotions that we go through. So we all go through the motions just like everyone else. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. This was actually really fun. Yeah, this is what oh, our good. our second, third, yeah, yeah, interview. We're, we always feel like more chill when we go on other people's because it's like not us asking questions. So we You're can relax, really right? Speak. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it's easy to talk about what you know. We do it. It's our life. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I try to like, I, I think the whole point of my podcast in general, um, I try to really keep it simple and it's really just conversation. Like that's really all it is, but obviously about topics that matter. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it should be. <laughs> thank you. Oh, so cool. Much. Well, thank you, and um, thanks, guys, for listening to Naturally Nino podcast, and stay tuned for the next one. Bye.